Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Leading the Way, the sales enablement podcast. My name is Sherrod Green, and I'm the Vice President of Product Marketing here at Highspot. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by Harish Perry. Harish is a growth-oriented executive with over 20 years across industry product management and product marketing experience. And on this episode, we're discussing how to effectively land your product launch with the field. Thanks for joining me, Harish. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. And uh, thank you, Gerard, for, for having me on. Uh, you know, we're a big high spot fans, so this is this is doubly fun for me. Um, yeah, Harish Perry, you know, I've been in technology for a little over 20 years, and, and half of that time actually has been in product marketing in different flavors. I like to think of myself as like a a recovering developer who became a product manager and then a recovering product manager who became a product marketer and never left. Um, and really, you know, just helping tell stories that help the field and help our customers and, and help drive revenue. That's what I love to do day in, day out. So that's why product marketing is, is for me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'd never met someone who just got into product. Market. No one majored in product marketing. Right. Everybody just kind of fell into it. Everyone I know has been a former something that found product mm -hmm. marketing mm -hmm. and, uh, and fell in love with it. So that's, that's awesome to share. So, you know, even when you have a, a solid strategy in place and product mm -hmm. marketing is one of the big remits there is around product launch. And mm -hmm. everyone's got a piece of it. The corporate marketing team, the demand team, enablement, sales, customer success, uh, product launches require, I think, a lot of coordination, a lot of a lot of cat herding. And so when we think about what it really means, it's, it's about change. It's how you effectively manage change at scale. Uh, and a statistic from our friends at Salesforce is that uh, not many sellers can adapt to changes in strategy. So what's what's going on here? 71% of sales leaders believe that the sellers can't adapt to change. Feels like a really high number and reflects what I might think is low confidence. Curious on what you think. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I think it's unfair to talk about competence. You know, I think change, the, the, the word that you used is the exact right word. On the, on, the, on the marketing side of things, we get caught up a lot in the sugar highs and the, the quick hits of the launch, which is, did we get the press mentions? Did we get social coverage? And did we, did we create the right buzz? And if you're doing a launch event, did we have the right entertainment there? Like people, we get caught up in all the trappings of the launch. But, you know, you have to realize that like salespeople are going through an entire kind of mental model change exercise with their own prospects. And when you launch something that disrupts that mental model. So a lot of times, like the, the fact that something is new or something we, we think that something is new isn't good enough for that sales process. In fact, it may not even impact it at all. And so it's, it's less about the, you know, that, that reps are not able to deal with changes in strategy. It's almost like the launch strategy doesn't match up mm. our rep is you know enacting a kind of a, a mental model change with a prospect or a client if you're upselling them. So I would I would argue that it launches a lot of time spent a lot of time is spent on the the trappings and the the fun stuff versus very little time is spent on like how can we inject the benefits of this launch into existing deals that are in flight or into existing plays that reps have with customers and almost mold the launch to fit those models mm -hmm. versus trying to just throw something new and see whether it sticks. 
Um, and look, it's 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 tough being in SaaS, right? Like everybody is competing. Everyone's got to come up with a new thing. Everyone's launching left and right, relaunching. And so I get the pressure. You know, we're we're in product marketing. We this is our life. Like we we see this all day every day. But I would I would almost argue and say that it's up to product marketers to say your shiny new product almost doesn't matter how it fits into the enablement and the playbook and the mental model of, of different reps and different segments and how they talk to their customers. That's really what the launch should be about. Yeah. So I would say that the, the reason you have this stat is almost that us as PMMs are not really doing our job to the best of our abilities. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great point of view. One of the kind of things I say a lot is that if you're doing PMM right, nothing feels like it's being thrown over the wall. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of carefully orchestrated the mm-hmm. business strategy at the very top and how that drives the product strategy, which drives the go-to-market, which drives all the things that people need to do mm-hmm. to support that. Product launch is one piece. I've often equated it to like almost like wedding planning. Mm-hmm. It's great to plan for the wedding. The wedding's going to be fun. We're going to dance. We're going to eat cake. It's going to be a really good time. But there's a long tail after that. There's a lot to be done after. Then then the work starts. And so I, 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 can, I can understand that really well. So Arish, when you, when you think about coordinating all those bits, the mm-hmm. business strategy, the product strategy, the go-to-market, there's the whole world of what you just got to do internally mapped against all the external constraints. Your competitors are doing things too. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there's a gap between what the, you talked about the mental model for the reps. There's a gap between what the really good reps can do, mm-hmm. what they're not so good can do, and what the really struggling ones can do. Yeah. And when you think about a launch, that construct still applies, right? The, the, the good reps are going to pick it up and the not so good ones aren't. How do we how do we solve for that? Because everyone's heard the 80-20 rule, 80% of the sales are made by 20% of the reps. Launch can completely exasperate that or accelerate it. How can organizations think about moving that needle and getting the whole team on board with what the uh, the launch is intended to uh, to support and drive? Yeah, that that really is where enablement comes into you know comes into play, right? So like the the worst thing you can do is hey, we launched this new product or this new feature. It's amazing for these reasons. Good luck, which is what we were talking about a second ago. And yeah, there's going to be a, a small portion of of AEs or reps that are going to take that and say, I know exactly how this fits into my world because maybe they already were proactive and, and were in sync with the product teams and were thinking about this ahead of time, right? That's part of what makes them really good reps. But you wanna, you, you wanna systematize that out of the equation where it isn't about like the, you're, you're not so reliant on like a star performer, you know, you're, you're more, you're building a team that's covering your entire customer base correctly. And that's done through proper enablement. So if there's the right education and the right enablement and the right, pressure from sales management to say, we are only executing these plays. This is kind of how you take these products to market. So whether it's combinations of products, where whether it's a specific industry use case, whether it's a specific kind of compelling pain point, whatever those plays are, then, and, and that those plays are enforced, essentially, then the key is to get the launch to fit into those plays or create a new play that supports that launch, right? Then you're taking the kind of, the, the voodoo factor of saying, oh, well, this, this guy or this person is a star, therefore he or she knows exactly how to run with it. You take that out of the equation. And it's more a question of it's in the playbook. Everyone has been enabled and everyone's demonstrated that they can execute the playbook. Then you, you take that, you know, that, that kind of risk factor um, or, or star factor out of the equation. Yep. Now, I, you know, 
that doesn't take away like whether some reps are more proactive than others and you know they have the right number of touches with their customers and that's kind of up to each frontline sales manager to, to deal with their reps but at least to to kind of reduce the the whether the launch will land or not you know is, is really getting that enablement machine working and getting those launches plugged into those plays and getting those plays really enforced across the the, the AE base at least in, in in my view is something that is is, is a way to, to fix that yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we we believe in the power of plays as well. And mm-hmm. one of the things I think a play does, to your point, it, it evens the playing field. It takes the ability to also understand what the star reps are doing. Yeah, uh, there's a way we think about play development where you know we almost start with the reps' point of view mm-hmm. and think through what are the things they specifically need to know, say, show, and do yeah. for the reps who may be a little more in tune of uh, an industry or a persona or or or. A segment. Uh, there are some reps who may have had experience selling similar products, selling similar capabilities. So there's a, there's a whole series of activities you're doing through a launch, but I, I absolutely co-sign the fact that the power is in the play in that if you can get everyone literally on the same page with how to execute that play, the analytics are now in how effective is the play in driving the goal. Yeah. And you don't have to chase down individual folks and say, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? You now have the data to know if you run the play, your likelihood exactly. of success goes up by a factor of X, as opposed to here's some content, go <laughs> figure it out. Or here's yeah. a train, here's a lunch and learn. We we hope it all sticks. And so now we we absolutely co-sign and believe in the in the power of place for sure. Yeah. Also, you know, it it in it, it's just good hygiene, right? Because there's there's always this this um it's like product is from Mars and sales is from Venus. I mean, you can think of it that way. It's like there's what does it do? There's why does it matter? But then there's why does it matter now, right? The relevance is what drives urgency with the field. And then why does it matter now to this specific sub-sub-segment of our prospect base? That's when the plays become super powerful. And so really your, both your questions, the first one and this one, a lot of times, like the reason launches just land flat is you haven't done that translation, right? Like product marketers will say, oh yeah, our job is we take features and we turn it into value. But that's only that's that's still 50%. The other 50% is why does that value matter to this specific rep at this moment in time to that prospect that they're going to talk to tomorrow? And that's where that that's when you start to get that hyper relevance, that real tip of the spear that can help them get ahead of a lot of the, the competition. And that actually can help a lot of, you know, quote unquote, not star reps to say, oh, yeah, I guess if I'm going to lead with a conversation like in, in my world, right, security you know, cybersecurity is, is hot all the time, but right now there's the whole kind of nation state actor threats. Mm-hmm. Like feature feature wise, there's, you know, we, we can compete all day with on, on a feature basis or even on a value basis in terms of like cost savings or reduced fines or whatever. But the relevance now is like literally the barbarians are at your gates. Are you ready? Like just if you just switch the conversation to why that matters at this moment in time, given what's happening in the world, that's a play that any rep, even if they're brand new and ramping, can take and start to then generate meaningful pipeline. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, and, and I, I do. I, I have heard them before where, you know, we're from Mars and Venus. There, there is a thing that I think we we do share a desire to do, which is like we want to drive the business forward. We both have the same goal in mind. And I think the, the, the way to attain it is just everyone in their respective areas, but working really hard across the aisle to, to, to serve that need. One of the things I want to ask you about is, um, you know, taking the same play concept, uh, mm-hmm. you know, extending that into sales managers. Mm-hmm. 
one of the things we've learned is that enablement only really goes so far as the sales managers and the sales leadership team allows it to do. Mm-hmm. How many times have you enabled a rep? The first question they ask is not back to the product marketer or back to the corporate marketer or back to the product team. It's to their manager. Hey, just launch. What, what is this? How does this work? Mm-hmm. And if the sales manager isn't informed, we just find that, it, or, or worse, the sales manager is not on board. Mm-hmm. Um, bad things can happen. So how, how have you kind of understood the dynamics between not just sales, but the hierarchy of sales and sales leadership in the context of a launch? Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's there's different it, it, different tactics depending on kind of how big your company is and what what the culture is, but it it comes down to relevance ultimately. Um, you know, the, the larger the company is, the you know, it's always a fight to get your launch to be relevant to some kind of corporate initiative or, or company level goal, because then it's like, look, we're supporting. In, in, so then a manager has ammo to say, look, in, in executing this play you're supporting something big that the CEO, you know, him or herself wants to get done, right? So there's there's a certain level of politics, I would say, at a, at a larger company. In a smaller company, it's much easier. You just go to the VP of sales and say, listen, like this is what's going to get your your reps to get to quota faster, right? This is, this is how we're all going to go to club. And so you make it relevant in that way and it, it becomes a no-brainer. Um, if, if, if there's a way to tie it to you know, a deeper customer success or values outcome, then that's even better because, you know, the best sales manager will want their their own customers to succeed in addition to the rep succeeding as well. So it just, it really depends on kind of what the, what stage you're at, how large it is and, and, and what, what the culture is ultimately. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's, let's talk about the, uh, the other side of things. We think about launch a lot and I've, I've been guilty of this in the past as a product marketer. Let's just write it all down. Let's create all the new content, the ebook, the white paper, the video, all, all the assets, and let's update the value calculators. Let's let's get all the content queued up. Mm-hmm. And then we'll launch publicly and we'll have the event or we'll have the moment in time and the new features released. And we got the quote and the analyst. We, we, we feel really good. And again, we could throw that over to the wall to rep and say, you got it now. You guys, you guys have all the content you need. And even if we put it in a play and even if we structure the guidance on use this here, use this here, use this here, mm-hmm. there's still a world of training and coaching to mm-hmm. think through. So you've created the strategy or you, you've done something different, but most reps are going to forget. How do you think about the training and sales learning side of a launch? Yeah, I think it's, it's, um, there's two parts to it. There's there's the kind of maybe push and pull, right? On the pull side of things, it, it is an, an easy thing that product marketers can do is like really highlight deal wins. So it's 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 there's kind of like that scary initial month, let's say after launch, where once the sugar high fades, like as a, as a PMM, you're like desperately looking for okay, which which of my reps won like. I want some some deals where they actually succeeded with this new launch with a new product. And then like you want to latch onto that rapidly, document that and publicize the 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 heck out of that with your reps because you can say look like one of you, somebody in your team used this to execute in this way, let them explain it to you because that that is way better than any marketer talking to a sales rep because it's a credibility thing, right? Like ultimately there's a the fine line of product marketers are not they're, you know, they're not the Spartans in the field. Like that's always the, the big difference. <laughs> we, we can take it up to a certain point, but we're not the ones who's, 
who's, you know, who are feast or famine from a quota perspective. So you want to, if a fellow rep comes in and says, I use this to close XYZ, here's how I did it. Whether or not the deal was humongous, you know, it's, that's a segment specific thing, but the story is very important. This is who I went after. This is the, the messaging that I used. This is the opening that I had. Oh, by the way, here's the thing that's not documented. Also look for accounts that have these characteristics because you know what, marketers, we may not have known that when we launched it. That's the learnings you get from the field. And so the deal wins are supremely important. The second thing is, you know, as much as this can be codified into the actual sales process itself. So like, you know, I have to plug CRM because I kind of, that's, that's my day job. But um, if, is, is like in, in all of your opportunity stages, are, are you tagging things correctly with whether you use a certain play or a certain methodology that may have been impacted by this new launch. That's something from a push perspective where a manager can really coach on a day-to-day basis to say, look, like, why, why aren't you using this approach? Why aren't you talking about the new capabilities from this launch? I'm not seeing documented in the, in the CRM, for example. So it's a push and pull thing. But in my experience, like the, the deal wins are, are by far the thing that just removes any skepticism and almost creates a little healthy competition because we all know, you know, that's, that, that's, that's the culture, right? It's motivated by a little bit of competition. So I've heard that once or twice the sales folks are competitive. So uh, just, just, yeah. just maybe a little, just, just a little. Just, yeah. I, I, I absolutely see the value in kind of your, we'll call it the post launch, the post launch launch or the mm-hmm. post launch strategy is to, to kind of reinforce we, we have a philosophy here. My team says always be launching, mm-hmm. and so never miss an opportunity to launch. How many times have we done this as product marketers? The launch is done, the sugar high is over, and then we move on to the next launch, so next to launch the next thing. Well, just because we had that moment of time and we spiked the football and had the party, doesn't yep. mean everybody's grokked it. Our our sales team yep. hasn't grokked it. The the market at large hasn't grokked it. Our analysts haven't grokked it. Mm-hmm. So at every touch point we have with the market, we try to reinforce the thing we last launch is now it's now part of the narrative and so we do that both internally and externally i 1000 percent see the value of making sales kind of the voice of it as opposed yep. to you know product marketing saying hey guys remember you know this is how you do a discovery on this so we've just having a rep say i ran that play it works you guys are crazy not to do it and yep. if you want to, if you want to make money it, it would behoove you to, to run the play this way i i absolutely love that Absolutely. I would, almost, I would almost argue that there's like launches, product launches and sales success. They're almost orthogonal to each other. Mm-hmm. And most product launches, like you should be looking at them more from a noise making capacity. So we've made noise, we're in the market, we're relevant. It's a lot of top of the funnel buzz. And it's actually a good data point for reps, even if it doesn't impact a play for them just to go back to an open deal and say, Hey, look, we're innovating, right? If yeah. nothing else, it's it's just a it's just a way to go back to your customer, your prospect, and have a touch point. So that that alone is enough, even if it doesn't directly impact the play. That's why, like, it's a little orthogonal. Um, and if it does directly impact the play, and you know, it helps accelerate deals or it create you know fills in a gap that's stalling some deals, great. But if nothing else, it's still like a, an opportunity to make noise. Yeah, as we know, is is important. SaaS is a is a hot, hot, hot space, and so you got to you got to stay relevant. Yeah, and it's a and it's a busy space. And again, like like you say, everyone's launching something at any given time, <laughs> so or everyone's creating a category. That's that's that's, oh, yeah, that's, that's the, the other thing. thing. 
Yeah, everyone's created a category of one, and there's no competitor like them. No one does what they do, not even close. Yeah, I, yep, we've all, we've all been there too. Mm-hmm. And 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 if you think about it again, the 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 culture of um, launch and, and, and readiness, I, I firmly believe is the function of of enablement. At the core yeah. of it, you know, we believe enablement's about driving change at scale. Launch represents a change. It represents a change in what your product does. It represents the way you have now changed the way you position and compete, changed the way you may deploy in some cases or the way you price. And so launch just continues to be a theme. What, what would you tell anyone out there who says, look, what's, what's the real secret to, to launch success? If you had to kind of summarize and say, to do launch effectively, you must do X or X and Y, what would be some of the pearls of wisdom you'd like to pass to the audience? I think the the hardest thing, but the thing that really makes a launch successful is just everybody needs to fundamentally have the same um, same definition of what success looks like, because there's this there's always a you have this huge kind of trough of disappointment afterwards, where it's like it, somebody didn't get what they wanted or somebody didn't see the outcome they wanted because. In the very beginning of the process, you know, the launch owner wasn't, I would almost say brave enough to say, listen, listen, like this is not something that's going to impact sales. That's okay, right? If it's if it's if the goal is to is to create buzz, then focus on that and leave it at that. Don't then the next day go to sales and say, Oh, hey, are you folks using this in your in your processes? They're they're like, no, this doesn't affect us. And if that was a known objective, great, then no one's unhappy, right? right. But if you know the objective is actually driving sales success, don't spend so much time on all the, the fluffy noise making stuff and get into the weeds with the reps and say, reverse engineer, how do we position this launch so it'll help you the minute it hits? And so it's, it's, it, it's always this like wrangling the folks that matter to come to an agreement on what the definition of success is. If, and those are very hard, um, annoying conversations. But like the launch owner needs to be brave enough to drive that. If they are and they get alignment, then those are the situations I've seen where it's just like it's smooth because there's pe- people that want to, there's no one there that, that is really disappointed after the fact. Very much so. Very good. Let me ask one final, final question uh, before we wrap. Any thoughts on how product marketers can help the enablement team and by product mm-hmm. sellers mm-hmm. be more consistent in their ability to execute? Yeah, I th- that's that's a big one. Um, I think it's it it it's a cultural thing. It's almost like product marketers need to have a little less hubris. So it's it's less about believing that you know they created the right bill of materials, right? They created the data sheet and the and the updated first call deck and the demo video and the things, and assuming that that's going to make a difference, and really actually understanding. What is the language of enablement? What is what what do they do day to day? And how can product marketing create the right outputs coming out of a launch that will help mm-hmm. the enablement function? How can they create the right outputs that's going to help say and sales being a, a broad definition, like at a segment level, right? How can they help the SMB function, the mid-market folks, the enterprise folks, the strat account folks? How can they frame the launch to help them? Um, because product marketing sits in the middle of everything, right? Yeah. And, and fundamentally, like our job is we're literally just linguists. We're speaking different languages. You know, we talk one thing to product folks, one thing to the enabled people, one thing to the reps, one thing to analysts and customers. And so it's 
really understanding that mental model of what, how does enablement succeed and then what can we do to help them? So it comes down to plays, it comes down to the right, you know, the right kind of materials may not be sexy stuff, but it's important stuff. Absolutely. That, that I think is, is, a is, is some, is, it's a work in progress, but it's, it's a thing that PMMs have to get better at. Yeah. Yeah. Be humble. Yeah. You're, you're sitting in the middle of everything and it's a, you have a lot of power, but you know, great power, great responsibilities. You got to learn their language. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or this has been a pleasure. Thank you a lot. Thank you so yeah. much for the, the insights, the pros of wisdom. Now, best of luck to you and the team on everything you do uh, from here on out. And uh, it's been great having the conversation with you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was a ton of fun. Right. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much for tuning in for the latest episode of Leading the Way. If you're looking to enhance your sales enablement credentials, Product Marketing Alliance has just a ticket in the form of sales enablement certified. No matter where you're at in your product marketing journey, this course is packed with real life examples, case studies, expert tuition, templates, and activities that you need to build and scale awesome sales enablement programs. Delivered by Sapphire Reels, Director of Portfolio and Integrated Marketing at Pluralsight, the course will help you articulate the importance of sales enablement and sell it internally, design a sales enablement program from scratch based on business objectives and sales needs, launch and iterate sales enablement programs, demonstrate the importance and impact of sales enablement on the business and revenue generation. Enroll on the course now at pmmalliance.co forward slash sales enablement certified and get all the tools you need to design and launch impactful sales enablement programs.